But so you're talking about the content creator's curse of wanting to capture everything, which I interrupted you so we could like start recording. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know whether it's content creators or like artists. Okay. Yeah. Not even artists. It's every individual has the prism that they view the world, right? It's like when you came back from Glasgow, you're all like, oh, Hosea, design thinking is everything. Okay, you got to yeah. think of it as if you're designing it. And you mm -hmm. go off, okay, are these paradigms with which you view the world, and I'm just thinking, that's systems thinking by another name. Okay, that's engineering. And systems thinking itself is like, that's just common sense by another name. Yeah. Makes me think that, again, with content creators and everything else, how you view the world is based, I don't know, it's not purely about interests. Okay. Maybe it's something like inherent in self. Okay, when they were trying to teach systems thinking at UCT, right? What did you get from it? Because that's how I viewed the world already. It's just I didn't have a name for it. I just thought it was logic. Dude, I can't remember learning systems thinking. <laughs> Come on, it's literally, well, it was a first year course, okay? Everybody was in it. Yeah. First year was like almost a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, like it's that, like I probably don't know the words. Like I probably can apply the, the logic, but I don't know any of the, the words. Or if I hear the words, I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah. No, but that's exactly my point, okay? It's if you have a systematic way of approaching a topic or a problem, okay, a logical way, it kind of gives birth to systems thinking. Systems thinking looks like it's only there for the people that don't view the world in their paradigm. It gives them a starting spot, okay? Okay, but so what is it? It's like view something as a box with inputs and outputs. No, you view something as interconnected systems. Okay, it's like you are not Kim. Okay, you are a circulatory system, a respiratory system. Okay, but even those aren't completely separate because there's overlap. And if you if you any process as a set of actions. Now, there we go, we're coming back to dynamic programming and my program thinking, okay? You don't view anything as a whole, okay? You don't view anything as monolithic. You view it as separate individual pieces, right? Okay. And then the interesting stuff happens when those pieces interact, okay? Okay. Huh. Yeah. So, but yeah, I guess some people talk about cause cause and causation uh, like that's another way but uh yeah and i heard like yeah everything like every action has a consequence something along those lines uh which someone told me that's what karma is the other day uh like that's what karma means. Like I, I, that I guess I haven't looked it up, but you're saying like everything, 
everything you do has a consequence or or everything that's happened to you is because of someone else doing something uh, ah. but so yeah I, what's they call it the deterministic view of the world right so basically if you could map every single interaction with every atom okay from the moment the big bang happened you'd be able to perfectly predict the future right that's determinism and the physicist's way of saying fate is a real thing but then the other guys are just like hey yo we got quantum happening over here and it's all probabilities so just infinite universes or anything could conceivably happen nothing is set in stone because there's still a chance yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, turns out life is just complicated and people like trying to explain it trying to put things in boxes yeah dude i i just read the uh, anti-fragile by nasim nicholas Taleb. Taleb. Have you heard of him? I have heard of Antifragile. Yeah, and he wrote Black Swan. I think that's like what got him known really well. Like Black Swan, the idea of Black Swan events. Uh, like these super rare events that no one can predict kind of thing. Uh, but in it, he talks a lot about, in Antifragile, he talks a lot about like people this idea of like after an event you can like connect the dots and be like yeah yeah like people want to put a story to something right uh but actually like something that's never happened before like a black swan event you can't predict it uh and the idea of being anti-fragile is like you actually do better from these events whereas if you're fragile these events just destroy you uh so anti-fragile is the idea that these events actually make you stronger, uh, which is kind of a, an interesting way of looking at things, which I think basically that's what that book introduces, where a lot of people will talk about robustness, and like, but he's like, no, robustness or resilience is actually you're not affected by things, like stresses, whatever, come, and whatever, you're the same. Where, whereas if you're fragile, you break, and if you're anti-fragile, you get stronger. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. But going back to content creating <laughs> and needing to like capture everything, it's that's like something I'm worried about with doing this kind of thing, right? Because, like, I love having these conversations. Uh, and we'll have conversations like this, like that's life kind of thing when we see each other or when we call each other. But now to like record it, uh, so it's like, oh, am, is there, am I doing this because I want to make money out of it? Or it's like, then there's suddenly all these other motives and it's like, does that destroy the thing that was there already? Uh, or like then the quality of it is reduced or then you're actually losing out in ways because you, you, like we're saying, you're worried about the end product rather than just going with the flow. Uh, so, yeah. 
think of it more as a change of the end product. Okay, it's like what was your goal and purpose for having these conversations, right? Just when we were alone, right? For yeah, me, it was like, always it's, it's enjoyable, right? <laughs> <sighs> what were you gonna say? Okay, for me, yes, there's joy, okay? Because mm. it is fun, okay? Yeah. I don't often get to be, I'm always 100% authentic, but I'm never 100% Hosea, like any person. There's like segments of me that I can be with my family, segments of me I can be with some friends, and I can't really, as like mind bendy and just I don't know fake philosophical unless I'm talking with other people who actively try and think about these things you know yeah yeah no you have okay. different different types of conversations with different people right uh, so uh, think of it as an extension of you ever heard of the social concept of code switching? No. Okay, good example. Have a black friend that you've known from high school, right? Have them call a white person that they don't know. Okay? okay. And you call will like see just on a phone call or any sort of business okay we just yeah. see interactions between any person of color and a white person and they don't know one another right and yeah. you'll notice slight differences if you know the person of color right yeah when it comes to me and you i'm pretty much exactly the same there's no code switching there but that's just yeah. because of exposure i don't feel different yeah. Yeah. But you gotta admit, sometimes let's look at when we're in Cape Town. Okay, you bring me to a group of your friends, and then you see Jose acting slightly different from the Jose. You know, you're just like, dude, just just be you. They will like you, and I'm like, I am being me, but it's complicated. Okay, that's it. It's literally everything about Get Out. Okay. Yeah. So if you watch that, you see how he was with his girlfriend's family. And partly it was because they're the girlfriend's family. Okay, that's your girl's father. And on the other end, it's because, yo, okay, that whole racial jump, it's, it makes us different, whether we want to or not. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's an interesting, an interesting thing. Like I want there's this, to, there's this so. really cool video of Bernie Sanders, I'm sure you've seen it, okay, where he is on stage walking past a group of people shaking hands, then all of a sudden he gets the black guy, he shakes, hits the swap, and goes back to shaking normally, he's greeting the white people, right? And you see the black guy like nod his head, I'm like, that was code switching, okay? <laughs> but like smooth, it just, it seemed so natural. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And there have been calls that it's kind of racist, but I don't know, okay, because people code switch even in their own race when they go to a different set of friends, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, like I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I my accent changes when I speak to people from different backgrounds, uh, and I could see people maybe. Or I I don't know. I just had the thought that maybe people thought that would be racist, uh, but it's more like you're just mirroring, mirroring the like it's what you do since you're a baby kind of thing. You just like copy the people around you. Uh, it's like a way of connecting almost. Uh, but yeah, I could see. But the thing is, like, also some people just don't understand you. Like, if you. Like if if I say water in the states, people are like, "What do you what do you say? Like, what do you want?" Water. Like, yeah, it's water. water. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but but that's where that's where I'm like sometimes maybe I don't know. I just worry that if I was speaking to a Shona person in like a Shonglish accent kind of thing, people would be like, "Ha! Ah, like, why are you speaking like that?" kind of thing. Uh, and get offended but i don't even know if this has even happened but like this is what i'm worrying about uh or thinking about at least so yeah i i don't know i wonder if everyone's just like super sensitive about race now uh whereas obviously the like i guess there's like it's not a bad thing but also like if you start it's your thing of code switching is that always a good thing like then because you think hyper thinking about this then i start acting like weirdly with someone who's a different color kind of thing instead of just trying to be a good person it goes back to a question of intent right but yeah before i even go into this the issue is you can't really convey intent to a person without explicitly explaining it and even then, there's no guarantee that they'll believe that that's your intent, right? So sometimes a person's intent is to be accepted into that particular group, okay? Yeah. It's like, I will stop using slang and maybe use the proper word as opposed to a colloquialism when I'm talking to white people, because white people really appreciate it when you speak well and clearly and enunciate and do all those things that surprisingly my black english teacher used to tell me about when i was in primary yeah but, but that's where people will be like what proper what is proper who yeah. who determines what proper is society okay whatever yeah. group is the majority wherever you are that is what is proper yeah i don't know things are real complicated yeah, we got real sidetracked. Okay. Because we were talking about what you um artists and how they kind of in this case videographers, how you want to put everything in a video or you try to think how would it appear on video, right? Yeah. But kind of related to that, code switching. What's our goal for making this video or these conversations? You say they're enjoyable. For me, it's because it's fun and also because I know you have perspectives that I won't have. Mm. My goal in almost everything I do is to be right. Okay? I hate being wrong. I hate losing. Being wrong feels like losing. 
Yeah. Okay. So the second I hear a new perspective that is right, I change my perspective. I'm like, okay, so I'll just be that. And then maybe this nagging sense of inferiority will disappear in me. Okay. Yeah. I'll just constantly push to be right. So that's my goal when we have these conversations. Okay. And yeah. let me go back to something that you said years and years ago when I was still thinking about actually committing and learning guitar. Okay. You remember I was telling you about my favorite song, Carlos Santana's Europa. Yeah, yeah. And then when, when I'm sad and I listen to it, it was exactly how I felt. Okay. And when I'm yeah. happy and I listen to it, it was exactly how I felt. Okay. And then you said, yeah, but Nanka, okay, you think about playing guitar, what's the problem? Like, I don't know, okay, it's just music is so important to me and how the empathy between the song and my emotions helps me deal with it, okay? And it just makes me feel special, okay? And then you said, yeah, but Nanka, imagine if you can make people feel that way. I'm like, ah, shit, no, I don't to play guitar. <laughs> it was that moment of like, yeah, so imagine you could do that to other people. Yeah. Right? So I was thinking about recording these conversations and whether or not I was up for it. Because I hate being, I hate honest depictions of myself being the center of attention. Okay. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, how can you possibly be so shy? You're so outgoing. Now nah, it's all smoke screens. Okay. I go out and I light fireworks and people are laughing, like, oh, it's cool. Just so that Hosea can stay way, way back. Okay. And just have the caricature up front. Okay. Yeah. So, introvert. yeah. And now you're like, hey, let's record one of our conversations. You're like, oh, oh, one of those moments where I am like, a hundred percent authentic with my best friend. Um, yeah, that you want to record it and put it out there for other people to see. Okay. So I was thinking about it, and then I went back to that conversation that we had. Okay. Jose, I think about how good it feels when you can talk to him. Okay. Just how good it feels when you can be a hundred percent that part of yourself. What happens if you can give other people that feeling? I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> Okay, damn it, Jose. Now I have to actually be part of this podcast. Yeah, that's epic. Yeah, I think along similar lines for me is like when I listen to other podcasts or when I listen to conversation, it's like such a different way of learning uh, as opposed to like trying to like read a book or or like do an online course or something or or listen to a lecture, but like in a conversation, there's like, you can sometimes see where people are coming from and you see how you literally see people like changing their minds or like, like shifting. And yeah, I think that's just powerful to share that uh, because I've seen other people doing it uh, or I've like exactly what you're saying. Like I've experienced that from other people. So to like, give that to other people and also just to be a different a different like voice for people uh it's like oh it's like these weirdos 
from Zimbabwe kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, okay, Let's yeah. be honest, you're weird, I am nearly strange. <laughs> we've, we've got to be clear about it. Yeah. Wheels from Zimbabwe. Okay. <laughs> that could be the name of a podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, enough of the happy-go-lucky. Let's handle some serious stuff. What you think about your white boys killing one of our color brothers? Okay, just because, <laughs> just because the nigga was trying to pass a bad chick. Damn, a bad chick. Okay, for less than fifty bucks, I think. Yeah, and like it's not even. I don't even know if that dude knew that he had had a bad chick, right? Like. Because he was like sitting outside the shop. <laughs> like if you use a, a fake, <laughs> a fake check or a fake note, like you get the hell out of there. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Okay, there's all types of weird racism and some things that aren't racism, but the racial considerations. Okay. Yeah. It's like. Um, I was watching Delirious. Uh, I don't know if I ever played it for you. Eddie Murphy's comedy show from the 80s. No, I, I think you told me about it. Delirious and Red. I think they are must-sees for anybody that likes any sort of comedy. It was Eddie Murphy yeah. it was just so good. His timing and how he controlled the flow it was amazing. Anyway, okay. He was talking about racism and how we shouldn't get, we shouldn't just label anything racism if all it is is pointing out differences between races, okay? It's just like, hey, black people got thick lips. I got thick lips, okay? It's just, look at that nigga over there in front. He got thick lips. It's, it's what we have, it's what we are. Okay, yeah. you can't call a white person racist for saying, hey, oh, look at that. <laughs> okay, well, what he said was, hey, oh, look at that nigga's thick lips. Okay, that's kind of, <laughs> kind of racist. Yeah, I could totally say that would be chill. <laughs> okay, but dropping the N-word, okay, even that N-word. You know, I don't think nigger has that same level of Haiti in Africa. Yeah, exactly. If I drop the K word, then Ooh, you were like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Baby. yeah, it's it's funny. That's I was gonna say that's where like social media and stuff is like really made the world small and caused a lot of like I don't know difficulties or or it's not even social media. It's like when you travel. Like if I call you coloured. Like in Zim, it's whatever. Uh, but like, if I call someone colored in the States, uh, like, it would just, just be like, hey, like, check that brother. He's colored. Like, no, 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 he's black. <laughs> I was having this discussion with Zik, okay, because uh, we got family friends from Germany, okay. Colored father, white mother, colored children. But those colored children, feel so out of place because okay? we had this conversation before where me as okay for all our international viewers colored southern africa 
specifically meaning mixed race, okay, any mixed race, but leaning more towards black mixed with anything else, okay? Yeah. Right. Technically, any mixed race in Southern Africa is a colored. So now this German family, right, they're growing up and they're not white, but they're growing up in a white culture and in a white neighborhood with the father's friends and the mother's friends, right? But they know they feel apart because they aren't the same, okay? But then you go to try and socialize with the black community in Germany, and then you're not black, okay? You're mixed. Yeah. So sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes is that like, no, no, one of your parents was a traitor and left the race, okay, to try and make it good for themselves because the white person has it so much easier. And so there's all these things that go unspoken. And now you as a colored child, you're not white enough to be white and you're not black enough to be black. Yeah, that's tough. I was actually talking to my aunt, okay, talking about how when my grandfather came from Cape Town with his colored wife, First thing he did was go home to his sister, right? As soon as they landed in Zimbabwe, he went home with his colored wife and the colored child to his black sister in Sakubu. And they got chased, <laughs> right? So, okay, now the next fight. <laughs> they went to Florida, okay? And then, then guess what? They got chased. Yeah. The neighbors called the cops on my grandfather, okay? Yeah. Because there was a K word. <laughs> in the colored in the so, community. Yeah, there was a K word in the colored community. Wait, so had he already rented a house or like bought a house? Or he was just like in that area hanging out? Um, I'm not sure, but I think he had organized because now, organized a place, I think it was down in the train houses. This was back when, like, all the colored train workers would have houses built by the train company, and a lot of them were open for rent for employees. Okay. So, through friends, okay, they try and organize a train house for you, at least until you can sort out a place. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was kind of a hassle, right? So then my grandmother, for a couple of years, ended up living in Florida. Okay, and my grandfather was in Sakupa and he'd like come, but then he'd have to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, like, when was this? Like, what, uh, what years was this approximately? 70s? No, 60s. 60s, sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Literally one person ago, right? Yeah, yeah. What's making that beeping sound? Uh, I'm at work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, let me just do that. And now I can continue working, which is what I'm doing every time you see me look off screen. Okay. Because you're just fact checking everything I said. Yeah. Uh, well, fact checking and also and seeing that uh, code shifting is a term that came from linguistics, okay, which is makes sense, okay, exactly what you're talking about. 
where the question is, do you speak as you normally speak, but then run the risk of not being understood? Okay. Do you change how you speak, then run the risk of appearing racist? Yeah. It's all about intent. Some people do that because they literally think, I have met white farmers here in Zimbabwe, okay, that talked down to me, okay, because they don't think I understand English. Yeah. And then I would use a word and then they look at me funny and I'm like, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, I didn't think you understood what that meant. I'm like, oh, ah, okay. But then is that because they don't think I'm as educated as them or because I'm not white? Or do they think I'm not as educated as them because I'm not white? And you see how very quickly we devolve into me saying, you know, burn the boor and... <laughs> Yeah, like, I guess the jump, well, if you could say, oh, that guy's racist for doing that. Or like you could say, he's just lazy. He's just like assuming everyone's the same, but then maybe that's what racism is. Like, just assume everyone's the same, but yeah. So, uh, I was... I was also thinking, I, the other day I was thinking back to school where we just used to tease each other about our skin color. Like, I don't know if people ever tease me about being white. <laughs> to be like, fair, dog, okay, there's not much to be teased. Like, oh, wow, you niggas inherited the whole world, okay? Shame on you. Bad. <laughs> No, but I mean, like, like my, like, like people didn't be like, oh, you're so pink or you're pale. Whereas, like, mm. we tease people about being like properly black, like dark, dark. <laughs> we tease, tease people about being too light, about being like yellow, and <laughs> and it was just like, but like, were were we just like ignorant or? Or it's just like we're all friends, but like that wouldn't happen now. Like it wouldn't happen now because life like, happened. Okay, it was context also, right? And you're an asshole when you're when you're a teenager. I don't know whether it's like context, okay? Because it's like society. It's like we know outside of our circle it is bad. Yeah, and then as you grow. And our circles kind of split, okay? In my brain, I'm thinking like mitosis, you see the cell kind of like popping and you're still part of one another, but now there's that gap between you. Yeah. Right? And that gap is what causes the problem when you like make those types of jokes. Okay? But then if you somehow manage to include people back into that circle, it's like I have a friend, I'm like, hey, you black bastard. Oh, I see him, I'm like, hey, Murungu. And I call him these things because he's really dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> International viewers, okay, Murungu, uh, Shona for a white man. Yeah. Okay, so I either call him a black bastard or call him a white man, okay? Both seem appropriate considering how dark he is. Yeah. And the reason there's no issue there is because, again, it's like social contracts. He understands my intent. Okay, you yeah. understand that love, okay? And that level of understanding only comes when you really get to know someone when you're in the circle, 
which is why we can't say these words outside of the circle, not because we are inherently racist or the words themselves are inherently racist, but because of the issue of understanding of intent, okay? yeah. which is yeah. why I personally feel that all comedians should be able to say whatever they want, okay? <laughs> nothing, nothing should be off limits for a comedian. The only rule that they kind of push in comedy and I understand, I'm not 100% on board, but I understand why they have this rule, is that as comedians, you don't punch down. Okay, you don't make like 500,000 US a year and be like, oh wow, I was driving through the projects and oh my word, those niggas are broke. Yeah. We don't do it because from a position of power, you don't punch down. Okay, punch yeah. up all you want, in front of the president, anybody, right? But if you're a poor black, I don't know, uh, in transition, uh, trans person, you can make fun of anybody. <laughs> what, about if what about if you're a poor white, etc. like some dude living in his, like, his white settlements? I don't think we have, we've got some poor uh, white, but like in SA they've got like some super poor white. Some proper poor white, yeah. okay. But then, uh, there's a sign I saw from some of the protests that's happening saying the only minority that's ruining your life is the rich. <laughs> and that's exactly the case. A lot of times people in power kind of skew the arguments, try and make a certain race or something the bad guy. Okay. Now, uh, and to answer your question on whether you're white and allowed to say these things, yes, okay. But it boils back to understanding of intent, okay? Because communication is really hard to do properly. Yeah. There's this one comedian, I can't remember what his name is. Um, Googling now. Uh, he grew up poor not broke, like real poor in a black community and all his friends were black, okay? And he's like growing up, there wasn't white or there wasn't black. There was rich and there was poor, okay? Yeah. Wait, is so he, some of his... Sorry? Is he white or black? He's a white guy. Okay, okay. so you're saying it's a white dude growing up? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> some of his jokes are just like... Okay, one of his jokes is uh, he used to get into fights with his black friends, like proper fist fights. Right? And he's like, do you know what it's like fighting a group of black guys, <laughs> fighting a group of black guys at night? Okay. So like, you know what's like fighting five black guys at night? And I'm just like, yo, okay, it's, it's crazy. And then it's just like, okay, for all you white guys that haven't fought five of your black friends at night, okay, and you're trying to figure out what it feels like to fight five black guys at night. Imagine you're fighting five white dudes in a cloud. Now close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, okay. And when I heard that, I'm just like, that is someone that like understands like the racial tensions but doesn't feel that because he, he grew up in 
that community is like, these are his friends. I wouldn't feel bad making fun of my friends. They don't feel bad making fun of me. But it boils down to understanding of intent. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, I think we've talked about this before where the whole thing with like the internet or whatever, like someone hears that joke, like on the other side of the world with no, they don't know anything about this dude, don't have any context. They just hear that little clip. They're like, oh man, like that's messed up. Like there's some serious racism right there kind of thing. Uh, Yeah. So. But honestly, I think you white guys got it a whole lot harder. Okay. Harder? Yeah, I mean, you guys got... Okay, so let's look at this. A uh, white friend posted something on their WhatsApp status, and it was like kind of hard for me, right? Like legit, I had mixed feelings. I never thought I'd have mixed feelings about these sort of things before. but. The post was white lives matter. No, no, not white lives matter. Farmers' lives matter. Farmers' lives matter. Okay. And I'm just like, okay, hold up. Farmers' lives matter. I know why you're saying this, and I completely agree, okay? The farm violence, okay, and people claiming other people's farms is horrible. Oh, I'm gonna have to put you on mute. What are we talking about? I'm talking about your friend's WhatsApp status. Oh, yeah. Farmers' lives matter. Oh, my word. I'm just like, I understand. But at the same time, I also have people that were kicked off their land here in Zimbabwe. I mean, like, from the black side of my family, they're talking about how, yeah, our kumusha used to be there, but then the white guy rocked up and like, no, this isn't yours anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, I understand why, like, farmers' lives matter. And... Also, I understand the other side of the argument, okay? My question to you, Mr. White, okay, and this is something that I have no answer for, okay, is at what point do we, at what point is the cutoff for accountability, okay? Let's say, for example, you are a white landowner in Zimbabwe, okay? Mm-hmm. You are fine. Your grandfather, fine. But your great-grandfather kicked off a bunch of black people, okay? You take care of your community, okay? You're helping the people in the community, the under poverty, you're building schools, okay? You're funding a clinic. You're doing all these things. And you're not doing it because of your past, okay? You're doing it because you are a good person and this is what you feel is right. My question is, considering that you are doing these things and considering you're in this position to be able to do these things, because of the actions, okay, of an entitled ancestor, right? Are the things that you're doing right, okay? Is it kind of a gray area? Because I was looking at all these arguments that they're having in the States, okay, about slavery. And I think Joe Rogan said it best, okay, slavery was what? Less than, what, 200 years ago. That's like four people, three people, three people ago. Your father could have owned me. You could have owned me, right? Where is the cutoff? Yeah, well, it's it's like three lifetimes, but not generations-wise. It's more more generations, right? 
Yeah, but we were just like three people ago. That's yeah. why we were just like. That makes it feel <laughs> like super close. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's tricky, right? Because how how also do you implement like like some kind of like payback or how do we even the playing field kind of thing because uh, like there's so many so many more like so many people that have come out of that so like how like the the project to go back in time the amount of effort to go back in time and like try do all the accounting and like figure out who gets what and it's like basically will it ever be fair because who's the person in charge of like cutting up like we saw in Zimbabwe right it's like okay let's redistribute the land and like who was the the person doing the redistribution like those are the guys who came out based of the whole thing and that's something I I wonder now with the in the states is there's a lot of uh good that'll hopefully come out of this but then there's also there's also people like making power plays uh and and like what they might i mean they might have good intentions even but at the end of it someone's going to come out with more power and and are is your black community going to have a better standard of life or is it just going to be like a switch in the the guys on on the top kind of thing, which is kind of like what ha well the guys on top didn't switch in Zoom, but they just got all the money and <laughs> and the guys on the bottom became even poorer. Kind of thing. It's it boils back to well politics, okay, governance of people. So. I personally believe that democracy is a silly idea, okay? And people are all like, America is the first, and it really is, okay, the first experiment of self-governance, right? That's yeah. kind of the, because think about it, everywhere else was like, there were countries that were independent but they had a prime minister and most of the time they bowed to a european king or queen mm. right? america was just like bugger all that we are all people yeah okay so it's an experiment in self-governance and i personally think it's failing badly okay it's the it's the best system but just like Okay, let's kind of tie this in with current events, okay? Let's look at the police in the States. They say it's a few bad apples that are ruining it for everybody. And that may be true, right? But these are a few bad apples with guns, a few bad apples put in positions of power, okay? Yeah. It's like if I were a horrible person, I could maybe influence like directly ruin maybe 20 people's lives. And that's if I made ruining their lives my job, right? These other people can incidentally ruin someone's life, okay, on a daily basis, just because they are put in position of power. 
So even if half a percent of all these people are bad actors or bad apples, they can cause so much damage, okay? Same thing when it comes to Zimbabwe. Let's say, for example, that only some people in Sino PF, okay, the ruling party here, okay, in case this goes up, not because they are inherently bad, but because they are the people in power. Let's say 1% of them are bad, okay? Because they are in positions of power, they can affect so many more people, okay? Mm. Yeah, the downside is super bad, right? Like. So, personally, I don't think democracy works because the type of person required to win an election, okay, in this world. In a perfect world, someone with, like, a good platform and good ideals would convey their message, people would vote based on the message, and that would be the end of it. But if we're honest, modern-day elections are a weird combination of policy and popularity okay so whoever's the most popular generally wins okay or if you're in america strategic popularity because of the whole electoral college which is another bad idea that we're not going to get into right the best world would be run by a dictator that cared for you okay this is why in almost all world religions there's one god who loves you this one supreme being because i think we kind of have this understanding that a single authority figure with all the power that actually has your best interests at heart is the best solution to all the problems that we generally face there are some where fringe cases but most of the time one person that you can trust to do what's best okay to make decisions unilaterally and not care about consequences or how they're perceived right yeah, but like how are you on that one person? <laughs> okay, this one person. But here's the problem. I don't trust anybody, okay? Yeah. It's like I look at Zimbabwe and I am sure for the first five years, if I was put in that position, I would work tirelessly and I would probably be the ideal. After those five years, I'm pretty sure the power would start getting to me and then all of a sudden, I'm just... I don't know, Putin, Stalin, okay, crazy successful, but like not a good person. How long has Angela Merkel been the chancellor of Germany? Like what's their system? Because I feel like, feels like she's been there forever kind of thing. She's supposed to be retiring soon. Yeah. So like maybe they have a different system where you can be Chancellor for longer, I don't know. Are you looking it up? Uh, Angela Merkel. Ang Dorothea. Or Angela Dorothea Merkel. Okay. Uh, she served as leader of the. Blah, blah, blah. So mm. from 2005. So 15 she assumed years. office. Yeah, that's crazy. I wonder if they have like a five-year cycle or something. Uh, I think the thing to remember about this system, it's kind of the same as South Africa, right? You don't vote for an individual, you vote for a party. Uh, okay. 
So if the party is like the, cool, cool. Yeah, and then the party nominates their person to go and take the lead, right? And most of the time, the leader of the party is the person that gets the nomination, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Right? So she is still the chancellor of Germany, but she's no longer the head of her party. Her party is just like, okay, you just stay in your spot. You're doing a good job. But yeah. she can be recalled at any time. Okay. Yeah, so I guess there's like accountability there. Uh, yeah, accountability to a chosen few. Right? And that is like kind of... Uh, no, no. Do you trust the average person on the street? Okay. It's like here in Zimbabwe, I do not. Okay, because <laughs> we look at... How no, we look at how the rural voters are still predominantly Zanu PF, right? Yeah. And I know of some areas where Zanu PF, okay, maybe it's not all. I only know of like two. Okay. And this is only two that I have actual information on. Where they only see people around about election time. Okay. Yeah. Where aid from overseas gets taken and repackaged with Zanu PF labels and whatnot and then distributed. Yeah. So they still predominantly vote in that direction. Yeah. And I'm wondering, in other places in the world, that level of just fraud, okay? It's just so disappointing because it has such an impact on people, okay? Let's look at states and Trump. Trump is pushing for coal workers, for example, passing laws to enable coal workers to keep their mines open for longer, even though coal as an industry is like really suffering because it costs a lot of money to dig it out of the ground. Okay? The actual extraction isn't the problem. The actual problem is paying for risk pay, insurance, okay, health benefits for people that end up getting, you know, black lung was a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not viable as a business, but since Trump really pushed, okay, saving the coal workers, saving the mines, and now all of a sudden he's president, okay? And the industry is still dying, but now there's all this other nonsense that came up with the US government, so that's my worry. My worry is the average person is too easily swayed, okay? And therefore, I don't believe the average person should be allowed to make those sorts of decisions, okay? Yeah. It's not a good idea. And people are like, ah, oh, yeah, but Rome, Rome was wonderful. Rome, Rome was a republic, okay? Which is completely different. How does that work? Basically, leaders in the community come together right, and vote on laws. So merchants and farmers and military, everybody that actually knows what's going on, okay, yeah. comes together. And one of the things that kind of kept them in check is because the Roman mob was a scary thing and they would drag you out and kill you if they thought that you were... We can't do that nowadays, okay? But it's still a consideration. The accountability was at ground level, okay? Grassroots accountability. We don't yeah. like people, we kill them. Yeah, in, in this book that I mentioned, Anti-Fragile, he brings in this idea of skin in the game. And that's his next book is actually called Skin in the Game also. 
uh, it's kind of like expanding on that idea and just saying like, yeah, if you don't, if you don't stand the chance of like suffering from, from the policies you make or the choices you make, uh, then you're not going to be making the best decision for everyone. Like, and, and yeah, there's just examples of like, I think the Romans used to make people like sleep under the bridges, architects like sleep under the bridges they made or, or things like that. Uh, yeah. And it's just an, like a simple, simple rule that like actually just makes things more effective. But an interesting thing is just thinking about people choosing someone to be like a president is that like companies work completely the opposite of that. And like, you don't have the employees choosing the CEO, the CEO like chooses the employees. Obviously it's a different setup, but like, I guess, yeah, no, that's often like, that's basically a dictator, like a CEO is like a dictator kind of thing. Okay, a dictator, the only issue is he's a dictator that cares, but not about the people. He cares about the stakeholders, the shareholders and the company, okay? Well, the, the people can be the stakeholders, right? Like Sometimes, okay, yeah. not all the time. If we look at like the biggest companies in the world, they don't care about people, they care about profit and the bottom line. Nowadays with social media, because not caring about people isn't profitable, they care just enough, right? Yeah, 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 so that's true. I guess like <laughs> before they could be dictators and like get away with it. Now there's actually like power for people on the bottom. Uh, yeah. Even in those cases, they don't care about us. They just care about profit. And I can't blame them. I don't hold it against them. They're just trying to maximize what they get, right? Yeah. Which, as I said, the best solution is, well, an omniscient, omnipotent dictator, okay? Because here in Zimbabwe, we got omnipotent it's the other one, okay? He doesn't have the best ideas, right? And on top of that, it comes down to what is his goal? His goal isn't to keep the population happy. We aren't the shareholders in this case. The army and the police are the shareholders. Yeah. yeah. So everything he does makes sense if you think he's just trying to keep those groups happy. Yeah. Not doing the best job at it. And that goes back to would be nice if our omnipotent leader was omniscient as well yeah yeah like how do you find that perfect perfect person it's but i mean that's you can get close right i think and that's also why i don't know i think the the, the, the democracy works because that person will rise up the levels and i would be completely on board with democracy if every single person that voted was like a phd student in history and economics yeah yeah but if, that's that was i was reading somewhere that was like how one of the arguments against 
or kind of like why democracy became a thing, right? Because then your most powerful people who are like qualified to choose the leader, that's just a way of like excluding people, right? Uh, so it's only if you've had an education uh, and yeah, they might be better at making the decision, but then you never, the system can never change if it's flawed. Like if those people are only white and they only benefit white people, then there's not a chance in hell for the black people because it's like, they're never gonna have the qualifications. So democracy yeah. like allowed things to be shaken up, right? That's why I say we need that dictator first, okay? And it can't be a peaceful, he comes up and then he's in charge. Nah, yeah. okay. Unfortunately, it's like fire and blood. And it's funny that you're like, democracy was kind of built that way, okay? To help the little guy. Especially when you look at America, did you know that the reason they had the electoral college and all that is was to give landowners power? Like first off, in America, you couldn't vote if you weren't a landowner. Did you know that? Yeah, I've heard something along those lines. Yeah. So way back when, you couldn't vote if you were you couldn't vote unless you were a landowner. Yeah. And each state, okay, only has so much land. Okay. But like the really powerful people, they had a lot of land. Yeah. Okay, and they were like central states. So now they split up the votes with the electoral college. So those powerful people got a lot of votes okay their state got a lot of votes even yeah. though their population was pretty low so and it, as i say history that, is important and economics i'm not too great on that it's still there in ways like there's still a hangover from from that system right uh now it's more like historical momentum i I can see why they want to keep it that way to try and make sure that the East and West Coast don't basically decide the laws for everybody else, okay? Because mm -hmm. they're the largest population centers, right? Mm -hmm. But it still means that nowadays the population doesn't really, like look at Trump. He won the election with less than half, okay? It's like, yeah, in Zim, we're kind of clear-cut. Only way you are president is a 50% plus one vote. Only way, if the majority, okay? Fair enough, fraud has been rampant in our country and everything else, but still 50% plus a vote, okay? Yeah. So there's no way that you can argue because it's just like, hey, at least half the people voted for the person, so we can't hate okay? Yeah. Now in the states of like seventy percent of the vote to get that fifty percent. <laughs> okay. Okay, let me rephrase it. Not fifty percent of the vote cast, fifty percent of the counted vote has yeah. to go one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but look at us talking like we can solve like voting. Okay. This is hard, okay. And I'm not saying it's an easy solution. It's just everything that we're doing right now, it just isn't good enough, okay? It was an experiment, it failed. We need to try something else. But people are comfortable with how it is. The people in power, especially, because they found how easy it is to like skew the votes. 
So they're like, hey, let's just keep it. Yeah. And nothing. In most of the cases, it doesn't matter who wins. Okay. It's like, <laughs> I never ever would have thought that 1984 was a prophetic document, you know? It's like, you remember how, uh, who they were at war with would swap just randomly, okay? Sometimes mid-broadcast, they would be like, is it East Asia or whatever? East Eurasia, like, we hate East Eurasia. Wait, sorry, we love, we love East Eurasia. It's the other people, the other guys, we hate them, okay? And everybody would go from like sweating and cursing, just like instant and they jump over. Yeah. That feels exactly like what's happening in the world. People just, they change their jerseys and then all of a sudden, we love them. Okay, they're wonderful people, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. Uh, I think it's like social media. I'm becoming like more and more disenchanted is the right word, but like, like social media is like I thought. Like I think a few years ago I was like, mm, this is not great, but now I'm like, actually this could be terrible. Like there's good. There's obviously good parts of it I think like allowing like us being able to connect and stuff like that but it's that what you're saying before the downside the damage from the downside like could override all the goodness (laughs) like yeah it doesn't seem healthy I don't know uh, social media is not a good thing. Okay. Yeah. The internet, it used to be. Um, so there's this. Okay, the Escapist magazine. There's this guy, Movie Bob. He reviews like, well, movies, number one, but he also has this series called The Big Picture. Okay, where he just reviews things of interest to himself. And he was looking back at the 90s cartoon Animaniacs, okay? And Animaniacs used to have like separate characters and whatnot and little spin-off shows in the 30 minutes. Okay, and there was one, Freakazoid. Okay, and I loved Freakazoid as a kid. Yeah. Right. So he got his powers by a cat walking across his keyboard. Okay, then he got zapped into the internet. Oh, wow. <laughs> His brain downloaded all the knowledge of the internet, right? And when the internet first came out, people were just like, this is the information superhighway, okay? It will make everything better for the entire world, okay? Yeah. But then it turns out that when Freakazoid had the internet downloaded onto his brain, what happened was he turned into a crazy pop culture referencing just madman, okay? And I've always loved that something so powerful and with such potential just got co-opted and is now a running joke. Okay. So if you can, I'll send you the video review, okay, that movie Bob did. But that episode on Freakazoid really made me laugh because I love that show. Okay. And that's how I feel about like social media and everything else. So much potential, okay. 
think about it. Finally, we'll have a united world where people can share ideas and finally come to that common understanding. Nope. Okay. Yeah. We've got the KKK on one side, we've got Black Panther on the other, and it's just madness. Okay. And it's all it has done is allowed the lowest denominator from each extreme the like-minded people. Okay. Yeah. And they shot the loudest, so they're the ones that I heard. I watched, uh, last night I watched this documentary on Netflix about flat earthers. Have you seen it? No, I have not, okay, but flat earthers, a couple of months back, that's a rabbit hole I went down, just trying to understand what the hell is going on. Yeah, but they, they did a really good job because they, the documentary doesn't go really into the for and against, like explaining why the earth is round, is a globe or why the earth is flat. Like they, they more show like the psychology of, of like why people believe in this. Uh, and then it also shows just like their daily lives of like some of like the main people or just like the people so like the voices or the leaders of the movement kind of thing and then just like the average joes who are just like following them and so you see like this really human side where it's just like people connecting over like a common belief kind of thing and it's like all right it's just kind of nice that and especially for people who like they kind of believe this and like tried to say it, explain it to someone and that person just like laughed at them or like kicked them out. And like one of, that's one of the things they say in this thing is like, actually we're the worst people who don't believe in flat earth thing, like are actually really mean and don't, like these people just have a curious mind and by you like laughing at them and kicking them kind of thing, you actually like miss a chance to like direct their curiosity into into something new kind of thing, which was like a really interesting perspective I had never, or hadn't thought about that much. So here's a question for you, right? And let's leave the flat earthers alone, lest we end up getting shot by somebody who believes something that, who believes anything, okay? My brother was like, okay, this whole, 5G causing coronavirus thing, okay. Yeah. Is it true, Hosea? Okay, I think it's true. I'm like, it's not true, okay. It's just like, no, no, it is true. I'm like, but the science doesn't back it up, okay. And even logically, it doesn't make sense. Like, no, no, it's true, okay. Does 5G cause damage? I'm like, okay, so 5G, <sighs> no. And then he's like, you hesitated. That means it's true. I'm like, <laughs> The thing is, it's EM radiation that has an effect, okay? A measurable effect. Not a dangerous effect. It has a measurable effect on matter, okay? And we are made out of that stuff. Do I know every possible thing? No, but I believe the testing that they did was thorough and it's fine. No, no, but could it kill you? I'm like, maybe if they like, put a couple of thousand towers worth of radiation through me, it might cause something. It's like, okay, so you're saying it's dangerous. I'm like, 
no, when will we ever have a thousand towers concentrated? It's just like, this is a problem I have with a lot of these uh, conspiracy theories, okay? They take some pieces of science and without fully understanding everything about it, they make the assumptions just based on that. Explaining all the science to somebody is difficult, okay? It's taken me my entire life, okay? And I'm still not at the point where I can confidently say, I understand why I believe that quantum theory is a thing, right? But I believe science, okay? And trying to explain to somebody that the problem that they are talking about is built up on hundreds of years worth of science, okay? Because they come like, explain it to me, okay, in detail, but simply. So I'm like, oh, all right. So let's start with uh, linear measurement and how the sun moves and how it causes shadows. And like, what does that have to do with like flat earthers? Like, no, no, if you see how the sun moves, okay. And if you have an accurate clock, an accurate calendar, then based on the angle of the shadow, you can calculate the circumference of the earth. Like, yeah, that doesn't sound very interesting. Do you have another way to explain it to me? Right? It's, it's those gaps that people have, okay? And it's taken a long time for me to try and fill in as many of those gaps as I can, but I still don't have all of them, okay? Which is, it boils down to trust. They don't trust scientists because they believe scientists are lying to them. Some scientists are lying, okay? But that's the whole point of like peer reviewed papers and everything else. Okay, you only really follow a paper once it's been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt or beyond the shadow of a doubt that we are capable of casting, okay? But, and here's the big issue that I have with science and with flat earthers kind of have a point, right? Logic doesn't mean you have the right answer. If I'm 100% logical, it doesn't mean I got the right answer. All it means is that I arrived at my answer in the correct way, right? If I were to try and drive from Joburg to Harare, okay? And I follow the rules of the road perfectly, but I go via Bloemfontein and then I go up through Bots and then I come through Namibia, then I come down to Harare, right? My path is wrong but I can say that my logic is perfect. Now let's say that I follow the rules of the road perfectly and I end up, I don't know, in Egypt somewhere. I followed the rules of the road perfectly. My logic was flawless, but my conclusion was wrong. The flat earthers are all like, no, no. All the evidence and all your procedures are flawless, but what you arrived at is wrong. The issue is they can't think of any logical explanation other than what we have, okay? So, okay, how to explain scientific theory for all our wonderful listeners. Basically, gravity just was until Einstein was like, no, it's actually bending space-time, okay? But Newton's Newton followed the rules perfectly, he just arrived at the wrong conclusion, right? 
So flat earth is don't get me to think. Hmm? You're the one. Um, you're on your own here explaining this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, okay. We don't have a better explanation than what Einstein gave us. Okay. He may be wrong too, same way Newton was wrong. But right now we have no better explanation. Nothing else explains all the facts, okay? Well, nothing else explains the facts as well as Einstein's theories. Einstein's theories of special relativity, not general relativity. Special relativity is the one that applies to like all things. And I can tell you like completely, getting my mind around that, that little piece of information took me like, I think two, three years. And I don't, I'm not talking about the maths. I'm just like, just understanding the concepts. Okay. The explanations of the math. Okay. For special relativity. So how do you explain gravity to somebody that only has like five minutes? How do you yeah, explain yeah. why the earth is? Sorry. I was going to say, I think that's part of the problem is like, if it's difficult, you say you spend like three years on it. Like that's, Part of it, a lot of it's just trust, right? Like you trust, like what someone tells you, or like what ninety percent of the world is saying. You kind of trust it, but then you can't actually explain it yourself very well. Like, so if someone comes to you and says, "Oh, the Earth is flat," and you're like, "No, dude, like, don't be crazy. There's not a chance." And then you like shut them down. But a better way would be to like engage and try explain it but often you like i don't know how i would explain it. like it would be kind of difficult to do so the easier thing for me is just to laugh at them and shut them down so and that's where you like lose those people and and i i guess like there definitely is a thing is they have low levels of trust i'd say a lot of people where so they're like not willing to believe the scientists or whatever so it's complicated, but like, I think a lot of us just, we're like too arrogant about our own knowledge also. We're like, we can't actually explain a lot of the principles that easily. Uh, so we like pretending to be cleverer than we are. And, and that's the thing, you don't have enough time to try to figure out all this stuff, right? Like you have to trust people to like get by in the world. Uh, and I was thinking, does it really matter all that much? Okay. So going back to Micah and his 5G causing coronavirus thing, right? Like, it doesn't matter whether he believes that or not. Okay. He is not a scientist designing the next 5G tower. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. change anything about. <sighs> So when I hear people just like, the earth is flat, I'm like, okay, that's fine. You're not a pilot, so it doesn't matter what you think. Pilots need to know that the earth is round so that they don't end up flying to freaking Hawaii when they're trying to get to New York. They don't, apparently. Because <laughs> I was reading something this morning on Quora where someone was asking about... Quora, okay, that's the problem, but carry on. Yeah, yeah but it, like someone was asking about the flat earth thing. Uh, and this person's response was like, 
no, dude, actually, like, most of the people in the world believe that there's a flat Earth. And as a pilot, I know this. Like, when I'm flying, why does my plane not just fly off into space if the Earth is, is a globe? <laughs> so that's what's interesting is, like, if this dude is actually being truthful, like... If he's being truthful and, like, how far is he flying? What actually matters is like how you experience the world, right? You don't need to be able to explain it. Like, yeah. if he thinks it, like, it confirms his theory, the world is flat and he can still fly his plane without killing people, then that's chill. So now comes the issue, okay? It's like the evidence is irrefutable. It just is, okay? We can't argue over what we see, what is, okay? The explanations are where people have the problems. Does it matter if a person does the right thing for the wrong reasons? Not really. Okay, the right thing gets done. Who cares? Yeah. The only reason that it might affect people is if you are trying to develop a new thing or how to do the thing better. Right? Yeah, and, and they brought this up in the documentary. It's like, also, if you're in a position of power and you're making decisions and policy and like yeah, you don't... We can't make- in like come back science, like that. we cannot trust democracy and we cannot trust people. We need omnipotent, omniscient, okay, dictator. Yeah. Well, I think like in this anti-fragile book, what he pushes for is more along the lines of having like what he calls like city states and municipalities. Uh, and that's apparently how Switzerland used to run or still does run. They have, is it Ka- Catalans? Catalan? Something like that. Where it's like basically like very small area. Like the whole country is made up of all these small little mini governments kind of thing. And the thing is like, so they don't have that much power. Uh, so it's like not dangerous because because like, I think he says that like the biggest thing they have to worry about is like fighting over where the fountain should be placed in the city kind of thing. And it's like, like you can't, it's just better for like, for it to keep things small because like once things get big, like the downside is huge. Like if it fails, it's just catastrophic. Whereas if one little municipality, they can't figure out like they vote for the wrong leader, it's not going to affect the whole country kind of thing. So actually, yeah, that's the only reason that is possible is because of like the infrastructure that they've built up, right? The only reason that it's possible to make a small government where all they have to worry about is like where the water fountain goes is because they already have roads built, okay? They already have like public works installed, okay? The thing is, the rest of the world, okay, is, and this is going back, way back to the start of the conversation, what makes me like kill the poor and maybe understanding where people are coming from is you look at how all these white countries like took from Africa, okay, kind of left them with a shit show, and then said, all right, now you're free. 
and now you can't do this, this or this because we did it and we realize that it's bad to do these things to get to where we are. Okay. But we're better for it now. So we forgive you for wanting to do them, but you can't do them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, but we need the, the help, like the steel and resources that built your sewer systems. We need sewer systems. Okay. Good example is like Mozambique. Okay. You see how just dog when the Portuguese were leaving, they poured cement down the sewer systems. <laughs> we laugh. It's kind of funny. Okay. Yeah. But at the same time, what the hell? Okay. Yeah. And now this country can't build up. I wonder if all our listeners knew about that little tidbit of our Southern African heritage, okay? Next time you see us looking all screwed over, it's not entirely our fault, okay? A lot of it is because of the systems put in place and we could have changed it, but the systems kind of knocked our education. So then we ended up with like people in power that weren't as educated as they should be and then they led us down to more destruction and yeah. Oh, no. It's so tiring being an African. Yeah. yeah like, how long have we been? Probably too long. I'm curious. <laughs> I think well, too long, long for an episode. I think you called it like quarter to 11 or 11. Quarter to 11. Eh, okay. Not too That's bad. Two hours. It's just two hours. <laughs> Yeah, the people can just play us in the background, okay? And just like, hey, yo, this is our first episode. Don't sit down and do it. Play it in the background while you're working on something. It's good, like, white noise. Okay? Well, if something interesting is spoken, you can come back. My current thinking is, like, actually, people probably shouldn't listen until we've done, like, 50 episodes. <laughs> something useful to say <laughs> 50 episodes okay i say throw this one up okay and then just be like yo pilot okay we had no script we're just talking and trying to figure out how the flow of the conversation would be yeah yeah and uh, also like i i'm not even like i'll i'll upload it to like youtube i think but i won't like share it with the world kind of thing on all of social media it'll just be there like and if someone finds it like if someone no one's gonna okay some people might find it okay but hey share the link to somebody okay and then if it probably i'll send i'll send it to if i want to get another person on like if i want to speak to another person be like here's what we've done previously this is what it'll look like oh god no that's not horrible okay if I'd listen to this conversation, I wouldn't think this is like professionally run or like any sort of guidance. This is just us yeah, rambling, okay? Just keep the expectations low and be like, listen, like, no, this is where it's at right now. And like, you're going to make it a whole lot better. <laughs> then they'll be like, okay, cool. I can help you out. <laughs> the problem I have with that recommendation is that it sounds like it's bad, partly because of the guests that you had at the time. Okay. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking this doesn't come across quite well. <laughs> nah, I say put it up, share it with, I don't know, the people who you think would find this interesting. If they share it around, cool. If they don't, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a private video. And then 
as we share it with the next guest, okay? Or is it me, you plus one? Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. That would be cool, but I, it might be, I think I'm only gonna have people, like maybe if you know the person, but if you don't know the person, it might be difficult. Like, yeah, sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no. Good luck editing this mess. Were you recording, by the way? I think I'm recording. Shall we stop? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, bye bye, the world.